Hello, everyone. <coughs> It's good to see you from the front. Um, <laughs> we'll see if Vlad can do a small miracle, and then you'll get some slides. If not, you just have to listen. Um, but as I was pouting in the back and being angry about all the things that don't work, I'm so excited to see Dennis and Ramiro and also a new guest in the back. So that is way more important than all the technical things that were working. What? It happened. Small miracle. And it's a very good to hear you guys uh, pray. It's like some of you have read my sermon. I know some of you have. but um, So it's really good. It will fit in well. Uh, we're in the... We're in uh, Acts 20, so you can take your Bible and go there. And so today was going to be about encouragement. And we're also going to talk about, man, why do I have to read so many names in the Bible? It's so boring. Who are they? We're going to talk a little bit about those things. Uh, so we're going to read together. We're going to read through uh, 1 through uh, 16. And then we'll see there. Um, and Luke is kind of like, depending on your... Uh, Depending on your uh, type of humor, Luke is actually a little bit uh, humorous. So last week we saw, we saw, or a few weeks ago we saw him uh, describe somebody getting beaten and different things. And then today somebody's going to fall out a window. But the way they're describ described is a little bit uh, interesting. So, but uh, when we uh, left off last time, uh, the town clerk in Ephesus had just calmed people down. There was a riotous uh, thing going on. He dismissed the crowd, and then now Paul starts traveling again. So if we, you can just follow along as I read with the slides, and you can follow in your Bibles as well. So let's read. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. And when he had departed for Macedonia, he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement. He came to Greece, there he spent three months. And when a plot was made against him by the Jews, he was about to sail, to set sail for Syria. And he decided to return through Macedonia. So Parth the, so Parth the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Sudicus and Gaius of Derby and Timothy and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophopurus. Yes, that guy. Uh, these went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philipp Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days we came to them at Troas. And we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, we, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There was many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, he said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. 
And when Paul had gone up and broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. But going ahead to the ship, we sailed for Astros, intending to take Paul aboard there. For so he had arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when we met him at Astros, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came the following day opposite Chios. The next day, we touched at Samos. And the day after, we went to Miltios. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Yes, so... uh, Oh, you can see it up there way better. Uh, So a lot of the traveling starts... (coughs) He was at... um, he was at Ephesus before, so you can see Ephesus is up in the red part. So th- when he says he traveled through those regions, he travels through that whole region and comes all the way up there. And then the Macedonian church, as you saw, the Philipp- Philippi- Philippian church, the Thessalonian church, and the Berean church. So he goes first through Asia, then through um, Macedonia, then he goes down to Corinth. And this time Corinth is a bigger important city in Athens. So Corinth is more important, so that's um, at that time it was. Um, third largest city in the Roman world. Uh, and then he goes there, and then they were supposed to sail, but then we have this plot of the Jews, so he instead of, instead of sailing, he goes back, and he goes back the other way down. And then we have Mytilene there, so that's kind of where they stop. And then he, they go down at Miltius, in the end, and he, there's, they say he's not going to spend time in Ephesus because he's trying to get Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost. Some people think that he was trying to get there uh, before uh, Easter, but then the plot comes, and then everything changes. Instead of sailing, they have to travel by land. It takes a lot longer. Um, and also in the whole traveling, uh, we're going to talk about these people. They represent different churches. And if you know some of uh, the letters, Paul is gathering uh, support for the poor people in Jerusalem. So that's why you have different people from different churches taking the money and going with him to Jerusalem. So they're also on a relief. Uh, you can say they're uh, bringing support to the poor people in Jerusalem. So that's also part of what is going on. Um, as this theme has been as we've been praying and also what Paul has been doing is that he's encouraging the people he he spends his uh, uh, he calls the people to himself in um, in uh, Ephesus before he leaves because there was a riot so almost a riot then he calls the disciples to himself and he encourages them before he leaves then as he travels through the through the regions he's in, he encourages them um, what, what, what do we, what do we hear when we mean encouragement so encouragement is not like hey your hair looks nice that's maybe encouraging but that's not exactly just encouragement it encouragement is also um, it's it's also actually it's also teaching it's also correcting it's also pleading 
So it's not just, hey, you look good today. There's a lot more to it than that in encouragement. And so true encouragement <coughs> true encouragement is not just saying what other people want you to say. It's also encouraging people and here Paul is doing that, encouraging people towards Jesus. Also when it's not easy. He's encouraging people who live in a culture that's hostile to the Christian faith. So a lot of the encouragement is also like, hold on. Hold on. Jesus is with you despite the persecution. Many times people are asked to like, Peter says, you have not, <coughs> you have not been persecuted yet. Until, you have not yet shed your blood for Jesus. So the, the encouragements are very strong that to hold on to the faith of Jesus. So it's not just, hey, nice pants. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of teaching about like a teaching that you're reminding, he's reminding the believers about who Jesus is and what he has taught. So that's what he's doing. And, and if you want more, if you want more detail, which I think you should want more detail, <coughs> Sorry. Then the letters Paul writes to the different churches are examples of these encouragements. So Paul writes a third, like he re- he, write, he has written a lot of the letters in the New Testament. They addressed many of them are addressed to churches, where he is encouraging them. Sometimes he's also encouraging them in a way like stop doing that, stop doing that, remember Jesus, do this instead. Um, so that's the encouragement that he gives in his letters as well. <coughs> so a little bit, I think, a little bit, that's also how I said about my sermons. is about, I'm not just going to say, hey, you look good, your pants sit well, you have nice hair. Yes, I will encourage you. But encouragement has more, more than just saying, hey, you look great. Um, there's a, an encouraging part where we all always want to lead you to Jesus and the hope and joy in him. Then there's also going to be a part that will be challenging. The part where you are going to be pushed and encouraged to follow Jesus closer. So, so that's kind of the part where Paul does the same. He uses both things. And I was just reminding as as we were as we uh as I was thinking so what is that encouragement what is that what is it that Paul is speaking about what is that Peter and the other people in Acts are doing and it's for, it's we're seeing in Acts fulfilled what what Jesus says before he he ascends in Acts 1 he says to them wait until you receive the Holy Spirit, then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to the end of the earth. In, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's what we're seeing happen in Acts. We're seeing... Thank you very much. <coughs> no, it's okay. Thanks. But I did forget them. <coughs> um... So that's what that's what we're seeing in Acts. We don't we don't just, like I said before. We're not just seeing a travel journal, but we're seeing how the word of God is spreading 
through the people that are filled by the Holy Spirit. It starts in Jerusalem and then it spreads to the rest of the world. And what is that? What is that word? Well, that's the word that Jesus asked him to share: his life, his death, his resurrection, and that he's coming back. So those are the things that they're encouraging the people about, and Paul is as well. <clears throat> so we've seen, we've seen Paul ever since Jesus uh, saved him and knocked him off, knocked him down on the Damascus Road. We've seen him suffer greatly for the word of God, which Jesus said he was going to. He was going to be a tool to bring the good news to many places, but it was going to cost him a lot. You can say Paul totally lost his life. He had given his whole life to God, and then all of a sudden it was going to change to something different. And now what status and stuff he had before was taken away. And now he is, as we've read, he's persecuted, stoned, left for dead, beaten. Many things happened to him. And and this trip, the trip we see, he's going back to all those places where that had happened. Now it has been years, and maybe they're not really looking for him anymore. But there's still people out there trying to kill him. We see that in, in, in Corinth. As they're about to travel, maybe somebody is going to try to sink the ship or something <laughs> because they don't take the ship route, but they take the land route instead. And also I was thinking it was Vlad that was praying. Every time God does something, the enemy seems to try to, to, to kill that, to quench that. So when when the word of God is, is spread and more people are saved, there seems to be a, we saw it last week with the silversmiths. They were motivated by greed, probably also by the enemy to try to, to try to stamp out this good word. And so, I mean, almost ever since Paul became a believer, as the Jews saw that he became a believer, they have tried to kill him many times. And that's not going to end uh, soon. That's going to keep going. But the the part is, and the part we've also been praying about is, is that what our lives look like? Uh, is that what our lives looks like after we've met Jesus? That all of a sudden they change from whatever I was pursuing before to now I live for Jesus. How has that changed? And in that change, have I given myself to other people to encourage them? to love people enough to actually tell them when they're wrong, to rebuke and exhort, not for your own pleasure, but for their good. Who pleads for you to turn to, from sin to life? We'll get back to that in not very long. Paul, he spends three, three, three months in Achaia, in Greece. Uh, people think that's when he, where he wrote the Maybe he wrote the right hand. That's why he wrote the book of Romans from Corinth. Um, we talked about all that stuff, about thinking about. Um, oh, I had a challenge. I had a challenge. Because I think it was also Dennis was praying earlier 
Like there's there's people all over the world that are in worse circumstances than us, but they rejoice greatly in who Jesus is. They're not going to give up. Then you have people in the Western world that seems to have everything, and at the slightest opposition, uh, like I don't think Jesus works, I'm going to walk away from faith. I I was I think or as I was praying and thinking about these things, I was like, well, it looks like they've never met the real Jesus. Because if you give up so easy, then it doesn't seem to be the same Jesus that Paul met or that people like Dennis met, Dennis talked about met, or the, or the thousands of people that die for their faith in Jesus a year. Could it be that they have been presented a totally different Jesus, maybe one that was more like a Santa Claus giving everything... Because the Jesus that asks these apostles to spend their whole lives talking about who he is, all spent their lives doing that until they were called to be with Jesus again. And they did not have easy lives. So that's a challenge for us when we want to give up. Also, when I want to scream and shout and the technical things don't work because it's super frustrating, I think that's just the enemy taking away my joy because my brothers have shown up today. Dennis Ramirez and the other people have shown up. Aaron Jonathan are here. Like, fantastic. Like, that's, that's stuff that can never be taken away. Okay, some things can't work. I got the goosebumps. But I'm preaching now. I'm preaching mostly to myself. You can follow along if you want. <laughs> but because the, the joy of Jesus is something that cannot be taken away. It can be if we focus on all the negative. If we let those things creep in, like you're not good enough, you stink, like you should have had these things going. Yes, all the joy will go straight out the window. But if we can see how Jesus is working in us, we could just almost out of credit, we can see how much he has done in our lives and how much he's doing. That's stuff that cannot be taken away. I have no idea where I am in my manuscript. We'll try to get we'll try to go on from here. Um, no, I, I, I want to get to this one. And I, I, if you've been here a really, really long time, you've heard this before, but I think this time it's better. Um, because we come to this section where these uh, Greek names and not, and I'm not going to pronounce them correctly, uh, but but there is something really uh, important to think and uh, to think about when we get these names. <clears throat> I talked to Paul about it uh, in one time, and you get to these sections in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, just a long, long list of names, and you go like, "Come on, a chapter of names! This is crazy. I don't know how to pronounce these. I don't know really." But just remember when. Um, when Luke is writing this book to Theophilus, um, remember that behind each name is actually a real person. Uh, I One time I did it at church and I put up a slide of people that used to be part of our church. For some, for some the slide made no sense. For other people, their hearts leapt when they read it because they knew who they all were. They had loved those people. They still do. They prayed for those people. 
they had joined together with those people they maybe even being up at night praying for their kids and different things so that list of names meant so much more so remember when this list of names these are real people Theophilus and Luke and Paul these are not just random people as we will see here some of them are not said much about and some of them they're said a lot about and so if we take the first people uh, there's not said a lot about, about uh, Sopah the Berean or the, uh, who's the, well he's the son of Perthus um, and Gaius of Terbury, other than they can't really agree who he is um, there's not really not a lot said about those so we don't really know much more about them maybe Luke did or maybe Theophilus did but then we have Trophimus he and all this is new to me because I've never taken the time to study this so I'm really thankful I got the time to study this but uh, Tropinos he actually travels with Paul and he's one of the Paul that's going to be accused of Paul is, is they're going to accuse Paul of being bringing into the temple so this he's a Greek one he's later going to be left at Miltus because he is sick so we start we start getting more information here the next example is Aristarchus Last time we heard about him, which I didn't even remember when I was reading, he was one of the people they drug into the theater. So he's been traveling with Paul. He was from uh, Thessalonica. And he also goes to Greece with Paul. And he later on, he goes to Rome with Paul. So he travels with Paul probably over a year, over a long time. And he, he mentioned, he's mentioned by Paul in the letters to Philemon and Colossians. And Paul calls him a fellow prisoner. And uh, Aristarchus he gives greetings in both letters. So Aristarchus is not a nobody to Paul. He's a fellow sufferer. A fellow servant. Tychius is called by Paul my beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. A fellow servant in Ephesians and Colossians. And in both letters, Paul also sends, he actually used Tychicus, he uses him as a guy to send in front and say, okay, I can't make it to this church, but just go to this church and say, say, um, say what I'm doing, say what the plans are. So he sends them, he sends him out to different churches. Um... And also that, he, he, we also, uh, pe- uh, smarter people than me, think that he is the one that's mentioned among the churches as, as the one being famous for his preaching. That he's a really good preacher. And he's also on this team that's going to bring the offering to, to, uh, to Jerusalem. Next on the list is Timothy. Timothy, who's mentioned 24 times in the New Testament. Paul writes two letters to him. He's a third generation believer. We heard about how he, how Paul comes to him. He knows his his grandma's Eunice, and like all these things, we know his father was a Greek. Paul circumcises him um, at Lystra, and uh, he's uh, Timothy's from Lystra. He's he's mentioned as a fellow worker, brother, bondservant, a son in the faith. The Lord co-equal in the Lord's work. Timothy is not just a name for Paul. These people are his team, his brothers in the work. And then, and then we have we have our author back, 
because Luke says, we sailed. No, we don't sail. Did they sail? They sail later. But So Luke is back. Who is Luke? Well, he's the author, but he's also the one with Paul to the end. He's also called by, by Paul the beloved physician. Luke was a doctor, but he was also beloved of Paul. So what does this all mean? It comes back to most of the things that we've been having as a theme here tonight, or this afternoon. Who is Luke? Who is you, Luke? Who is your Irish trekkers? Who is your ticketers? Who are they in your life? Walking with Jesus was never meant to be a solo journey. It was meant to walk with people on the road. So going back to the question I had earlier, Paul gave his whole life to encourage the church and the believers. Do we do that? What would that, what would that look like for us to do that? Who encourages you? Who rebukes you? Who exhorts you? Who pleads with you to turn from sin? Uh, this one kind of stuck out to me because maybe I experienced that this, this last two weeks. Who knows you're not okay before, before you know you're not okay? Who, by observing your life, knows when something's wrong even before you know something's wrong? What does this all take? Well, we can see this takes, like, it's almost, it's like it's impossible. It takes an impossible time. It takes so much time. We don't have time for this. It takes a huge investment of love, money, vulnerability, and wanting to serve one another. Helping, praying, visiting, calling. Who prays for you when you cannot pray? Who holds up your hands when you can't hold up your hands? Who do you pray for when they cannot pray? Whose hands do you hold up when they cannot? Who loves you enough to correct you and call you to repentance? Who loves you that much? Who do you love that much? and pointing one another to Jesus. I didn't bring the slide this time, but it, from Ephesians, that, that's, that, because this is the only way we're going to grow. We can stay mature as Christians our whole lives, but unless we encourage one another, rebuke one another, challenge one another, we're not going to grow up as believers into the head who is Jesus. then the arguments would be <coughs> but why would I want to do that why, do, why would I want to love Dennis he's just going to leave in three months why would I want to do that why would I want to invest why would I want to love somebody who's just going to stay here so short they're not going to know me I'm not going to know them well it depends it depends if you're willing to love, then you can. 
I, one, one time we had a Bible study at our house and one person says, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it will be possible. I don't think it will be possible to have a group, uh, have a, have a small group where people will be vulnerable and honest because of our high turnover. That's not true. That is simply not true. <laughs> it's all depending on how willing we are to love one another. And you will say, but why would I want to commit that much love <laughs> to somebody that I won't see again? Well, when we love one another and serve one another, for other people's sake, <laughs> stop peeling with the cannabis. Uh, <laughs> when we love and serve others because we want to glorify God, not for our own selves. That's when we love. That's when we look like Jesus the most. Jesus didn't come and save us and serve us so that he he would get something himself. He came in love to draw people to himself. And that's been. The, I think it's. I think I've used the same illustrations too many times. But you know, I can only love. I can only love, you know, you have two kids. Like, I can't love people more. But then you get three kids, and then you can love them anyway. And it's like, well, I can only love a certain amount of people. Well, just ask God, can you, <laughs> Lord, would you enlarge my heart? So I, I would. And Paul even pleads that with some of the churches. Enlarge in your hearts that there will be room for more people. That's one of the things about my life. I really, really do not. It's not like when I have to be careful. I don't go too much off script. But okay, so one, I'm just okay. When we send out people from our church, whether they've been here three months, three years, or something, sometimes like you are, it's really difficult because we've invested so much. It is so painful and it's not fun. But it's more concerning to me when we send out people that I don't really know. Because then they were here the whole time. And honestly, there would just be a name that I didn't know anything about. But that's, but this is actually this is actually the next point. So I'm glad you led us there. <laughs> because then, when I uh, doing this, then penning it all the time, check in with people, and here they're leading small groups. Here they are moving to a different city because they want to follow Jesus. Then all the love I spent for them comes back ten. 20, 100 times. Because as we love those people and we see them go out into the world and do what they were called to do, we are a part of that. And then we greatly rejoice with a love that there's just no, like, it's not about, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, 
our hearts can be very big. I think we're, I think we, there's no limit to it. Jesus can change our heart to love more and more people. Yes, it's painful to see people go, but it's not, everybody's not gonna, in our church, everybody's not gonna stay. But being the, the privilege of sending people out and hearing from Dennis some years ago, yes, I'm doing great. My, my church is doing fantastic. Oh, I see Akio, other people went back. Things are going great. Well, we can only praise the Lord and be like, I'm so happy you were here. I'm so grateful that, that you, that I got to know who you are and be so much loved by how Jesus has changed you. But then the part comes down. But but what if it if it, if it is painful, and it if is if it, if it does cause me suffering? And you're just a Christian. You're telling me it takes time, it takes money, it takes effort. Well, it seems impossible. And yes, it is impossible. Because why is this impossible? It's impossible to do in our own strength. Oh, I'm so gonna love people. I'm really gonna love people. But if you're anything like me, you're not gonna love people, unless. We know we've been loved first. And because of what Christ has done in us, what Jesus has done in us, then we can receive people that come and show them that love. Because not by our own self and our own strength, we're not going to use our time and our effort and our money and our, our concern, our <laughs> praying on our knees with people, holding them up, praying for sick children, praying for exams for people, if we really don't care about them. So, <laughs> so much left. Well, well, I'll just, yeah, okay. Uh, that's the last page. <clears throat> well, I think we got most of it. <laughs> I'll round it up here. Um, there's so much more stuff. Okay. Well, I think we get the points. If you don't, it's two points. Uh, Paul encourages the believers to follow Jesus. Encouragement is also rebuke and also uh, loving people enough to tell them the truth. Remember, names are never just names, they're real people. Most of all, we have to look at uh, Jesus, his great love for us coming to die on a cross eternally with the Father always served by angels steps into the world lives a perfect life willingly going to the cross and dies but he could not stay dead so he rose again three days later because sin had no hold on him he didn't die for his own sin. He's de- he died for the sins of everyone who would believe in him. When we look upon the cross, we can see our death. When we look about Jesus rising, we can see we can have his righteousness. That's why we love. That's why we serve. That's why we encourage one another. If you want the rest of the sermon, you can have the manuscript. <laughs> but let's pray together. Aaron Fathers, thank you so much. Thank you. Lord, help us all, especially my heart as well. It's so easy to get frustrated at all the things that don't work. 
Oh, Lord Jesus, let us have eyes to see all the things that you're doing, all the hearts that you've moved and how you saved, how you help, how you encourage. Lord Jesus, it's overwhelming to see how many people has gone through our church that are living lives in places where it's some of them are way more hard to be believers in but they're living trusting serving you Lord thank you Jesus thank you for that privilege I ask from our heart and all of our hearts here they're filled with your love because we've seen how much you loved us that we will continue to serve one another because you've served us so well I also want to acknowledge that we cannot do this on our own strength but Lord you can do it through us help us to as you have said in the book of Acts help us Holy Spirit know that you are so near and you have all the power we need to live a life for you. Help us to know that. Protect us from the schemes of the enemy. <clears throat> Protect us from from all the schemes of fr- frustration, sadness, anger, um, discouragement. Lord, help us. Help us to encourage one another to see you for who you really are, Jesus. Lord God, thank you so much for this time and this day. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> and you may stand up to receive the benediction. And I was, as I've said the other times, like the reason why we we don't stand up and stuff much, but you get to do it in the end because now, hey, I'm we are participating in this. So Paul he writes, actually from Corinth. There, uh, he writes in Romans, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing." so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. Uh, You may be seated, and I'll just uh, give you some instructions, I think. Um, I'll just make stuff up now. No one was going to say. I was going to say something. Uh, Well, yeah. If you're new, don't run away. I would like to say hello to you and talk to you. If you're old, younger or older, if you've been here many times, I'd also like to say hello to you. So don't just run away. Uh, <clears throat> what we're going to do now is uh, officially we will go out that door, then go this way around the building, and then go around the building because of cross-contamination and other things. Um, <clears throat> and so we'll go out there. And then we'll talk to each other and stuff. And if you brought your sandwich, you can have your sandwich and stuff. This is what I remember. Uh, please do not use the small green trash bags out there. Uh, I will provide a big uh, black trash bag to put food in because uh, I talked to one of them. This has nothing to do with... Well, uh, I talked to somebody else that uh, the birds come and they scoop up everything and then all the things is over. So then we can say, well, we've put all our trash in this bag, so it's not us doing that. So, fantastic to see you guys again. Uh, it will just take a few minutes uh, for me to be out. Uh, and you can give a hand to Lily. She did all the sound today. And Vlad and uh, led us today. And uh, Paul is up there hiding. So he also helped out. <laughs>
and we had many phone calls with other people 